Welcome to Openly Spoken, the podcast to help you show up, speak out, and be seen. My name is Celia Antonio. I am your host, and I am also your guide to dropping you into your body for unwavering confidence, authentic self-expression, and effortless creativity. And this podcast is a mix of solo and guest conversations all about self-love, relationships, sexuality, spirituality, womanhood, divine feminine energy, and more. My wish for these conversations is that they help you step into loving and accepting all parts of you, that these conversations help you in building a life that you're absolutely in love with, and that these conversations help you express your deepest truth. You can always connect with me over on Instagram at selfexpressbabe, where I would love to hear your thoughts on your favorite episodes and keep these conversations going. I invite you to get cozy as you receive this episode that's about to come through, that you stay curious, that you ask questions, that you take what resonates, and that you, of course, leave out what doesn't. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get into the episode. spoken. My name is Celia. I'm so excited that you are here. Whether it's your first time here or whether you are an avid listener, I am so grateful to be in your ear holes right now. (laughs) And um, today is going to be an episode, a solo episode about how I use pleasure to manage my anxiety. And I want to before we go into that specifically, like there's some things I want to talk about to preface this topic. So firstly, I actually have this um, episode like idea written down as how pleasure helped heal my anxiety. And I want to talk about why I decided not to say that and like some realizations I had around that. And it's super short. It's just really that anxiety is an emotion that we all have. And it is a valid emotion. It is your body telling you that something needs to shift here. Like, I'm not okay. I I have needs that aren't being met. That's what anxiety is. Or it's I'm I'm stuck in these thought loops that are not serving me. That's what anxiety is, and it's not something to label as bad, which is why I didn't want to, I didn't want to write that I healed my anxiety through pleasure because anxiety is not a bad thing to fix. And also anxiety, because it's a part of this wide, um, full spectrum of emotions that we get to feel as humans, there's never going to be a day where you just never feel anxious again. Like that's just unrealistic, especially with the type of world we live in where things just move so fast and there's a lot expected of you, especially like coming from the perspective of being someone in a female body. There is a lot pushed on us as far as like how we're supposed to look, how we're supposed to be able to do all the things and play all these different roles and juggle everything. And yeah, so 
a few things there is just like normalizing that anxiety is normal. It's not something to be healed or fixed. Normalizing that anxiety is an emotion and that anxiety is a valid emotion and all of our human emotions are sacred and divine because there there are bodies, in my opinion, they are our bodies communicating to us. Emotions are our bodies communicating to us. And um, yeah, we, we need to, the kind of like um, a thing that I would love to see society at large or like the collective do is come to a place where we can make peace with all of the emotions um, and move away from this thing that's like high vibes only and just seeing things like positivity or calmness or happiness as good when because when we do that we run away from emotions like anxiety or like fear or like pain And the more time you take running away from pieces of you that you feel, because those pieces that you feel, that's like your inner truth. You know, these things are true. The more you run away from your truth, the more you have these parts of yourself that are not allowed to be loved, firstly by yourself internally And then because of that, they're not allowed to be loved by the people around you because you're not showing them, you're holding them in. And that just leads to a life of no intimacy and no connection, no alignment. And so the further we can go into this space of like letting things be expressed and giving all of our parts, all of our emotions and sensations and feelings a seat at the table and you know doing this internally first and foremost the more we can discover who we really are and that's been a huge journey for me I remember growing up I would always be very annoyed by people who would say like as advice to find friends or find someone to date I would always get really annoyed at the advice of like oh just be yourself because I'm like I don't know who that is and now what I see what I like realize about that is like there were so many emotions and even like interests of mine that I was like suppressing in order to be a good girl in order to be cool and like the more you suppress things that are true for you the further away you get from knowing who you really are and so making peace with your anxiety is going to be very life-changing making peace with any emotion is going to be life-changing and um yeah so that's something I wanted to preface I also wanted to preface that um this this uh title of this episode is called how pleasure how am I titling it? I haven't, I'm haven't even written it down, like typed it up anywhere. I'm just doing the initial recording right now, but how pleasure has helped me manage my anxiety. I think that's how I'm going to title it. And I just want to make a note that pleasure, usually people will associate pleasure with sexuality for some reason. And while sexuality, yes, is a part of pleasure, it's not all that that there is. There's so much to pleasure. So in this episode, you will hear things like if, if you are someone who thinks 
like oh like who saw the title and was like oh she helped she helps manage her anxiety through uh sex this is not what this episode is yes that is one piece but there's a lot more to it than just that a couple of aspects to pleasure that i've kind of mentioned in a previous episode before um the last solo episode i released was called um how to break free from hustle culture and i shared four tips in that episode and in my opinion from my perspective they all of these tips are tips that are in the realm of pleasure and i said in that episode i said gratitude rest play and making your own rules and within each of those i like you know went into more detail about what i actually mean by how you can practice gratitude in a way that will help you break free from hustle culture. So I won't get into those here, but I will say that doing something like practicing gratitude on purpose, that is a pleasure practice because you are on purposely finding things in your life that you can feel grateful for. And when you allow yourself to really invite those feelings of gratitude, and the sensations of gratitude in your body, it feels really good. And it might be very hard at first. And um, yeah, it might be really hard at first. And if you stick to it, it'll get easier over time. And you'll find yourself being able to go there quicker. Kind of like with um, meditation. Meditation is honestly, meditation and breathwork is honestly the first things that I did with my anxiety. In 2014, I was seeking out yoga classes and like where I can start practicing yoga because at that time I was just graduated from college with my BFA in fashion design and I was working in the industry as a pattern maker. I would basically get like, um, sheets of clients' names and their measurements, and I would have to pull styles from our current line or past line and pull the patterns and adjust it to fit the client's measurements. And it was very fun. I'm like a total math nerd. And yeah, I liked it. But being in the fashion industry, you can only imagine it was not the right environment for me especially like the two companies I worked for, which I'm not going to name. And because it was not the right environment for me, I felt so much stress and anxiety. So I was seeking out yoga classes. I'm like, oh, I heard yoga is good for that. So those were the first things I did. But I will say with yoga and meditation and breath work, it takes a long time because you have to be devoted to doing these practices daily for an extended amount of time to feel long-term benefits. Yes, you will feel good if you do one 20-minute meditation right now and it's your first time ever meditating. I mean, maybe you'll feel good. I don't know who you are. <laughs> um, but you'll feel even better and you'll you'll like with the topic of anxiety, you'll be even more equipped to stay in the center of yourself uh, the longer you have been practicing something like meditation, yoga, or breath work which honestly, all three of those are a meditation 
in my opinion. Yoga is could be like seen as a meditation where you are moving. And it is also a breathwork practice if you are practicing in a way where you are matching your movements with your breath, which is, again, something that is easier to do over time. And um, breathwork is also a meditation, in my opinion. Um, okay, so where am I going here? The longer that you take with those kind of practices, the more space you will create between the moment where your body feels something like where, for example, your neck starts tensing up and the space of where the anxiety-ridden thoughts start to loop. And usually the feeling in the body comes first. So if you have time where you have been practicing um, mindfulness, you will notice the sensation in the body and you will breathe into it and make space for it. And then the anxiety loop of thoughts won't ever come. And again, this is something that will come over time. So wherever you are at, that is welcome and that is okay. And it's totally fine. Again, there's nothing here we need to fix. There's nothing here that needs to be healed. I'm just sharing things that can help you potentially have a better experience in your body. And um, yeah, that's what I'm all about. So one of the first things um, related to pleasure that I started doing to help me with my anxiety is creating an I know it's going to sound kind of weird that like I think this is pleasure, but when I explain it, it'll make sense is uh, creating white space in my calendar. So creating time blocks in my calendar where I'm not doing anything, where there, there's no calls, there's no clients, there's nothing I'm studying, nothing I'm reading. I'm just being and maybe I'll go for a walk. Maybe I'll listen to some music, but um the I've, I've found that like the more potent times of white space is where I'm not even listening to music or going for a walk where I'm just like laying or maybe even meditating um you know just laying down in the middle of my living room floor I really like to do that so that's that's a way that I can manage my anxiety through pleasure and uh something that's coming up to share in relation to white space and you may or may not resonate with this um, depending on who is listening but if you are someone who uh, experiences a menstrual cycle if you are in a cyclical body that experiences menstruation and you start to track your cycle and you know when you're ovulating you know when you're luteal phases and and all those things and besides that also knowing over time how you typically feel during those phases will help you know when you need more white space and the reason why I say of like over time knowing how you feel is because most places that I've seen at least will tell you that you need extra rest while you're bleeding and that you'll then that you're more energetic and able to fill your plate with things when you're ovulating 
and not everyone resonates with that. I think everyone's body is different. And um, I personally like to have white space or more white space around the first two days of my bleed and then like three days before that as well. So right at the end of fall, especially because that's when I'm just like so tired and kind of cranky as well. I don't want to like talk to people. (laughs) So like giving myself that grace of like, I need space. Let's put as little as possible on the schedule. Um, And if there is something pressing that needs to be done, um, it will be in the afternoon so that the morning can be a type of morning where I get extra sleep, where I can move slowly and not be like launched into my day. And as someone who anxiety has been like a big anxiety has been like a big emotion in my past and if you can relate with that like I have definitely been someone who spent years of time where I was just launched into my day (laughs) where as soon as I wake up it's like 6 a.m. alarm let's go take a shower and go teach a class like I remember I was teaching No, earlier than 6 a.m. I was teaching bar classes at 6 a.m. at one chapter in my life on, I think it was Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And I think that was my like peak anxiety time of just like, wake up and go (laughs) and like hold space for people. Um, Especially because also on my schedule at that time, uh, I would teach night classes or have like I wouldn't go to bed early enough. So tied in with this with this tip of like white space is also setting boundaries and knowing what things to say no to and knowing like I would say maybe like putting yourself first on your calendar and choosing your availability for external things before you find out the availability of other people that could be involved and um, scheduling things from there, you know, like stepping out of this people pleaser kind of behavior where you decide to take something at a super early time because someone else is on a different time zone. And I mean, yes, there can be grace, of course, Especially, you know, with with those of us who experience anxiety, sometimes anxiety comes from putting such rigid rules on ourselves, And that's something that, you know, is helpful to be aware of. Because if you're like, I will never take calls before 12 p.m. And um, there is a day where you have more energy and there is someone that you want to hang out with or a client you want to have you know there needs to be that that space of um being able to shift things and that could be hard to do if you are someone who is in the self-development space because things like routines and having the same morning routine and you know there's just like the self-development space is such a space that it's a space I've been in since 2013 and it's a space that from my perspective at least is very um, 
what's the right word? Like forceful and kind of like masculine. And it's very like just power on through, just hustle through, just no matter what you feel, just go, go, go. So yeah, giving yourself that grace to break your own rules. Okay, so back to our topic of how pleasure has helped me with anxiety. So one of the, I would say another thing that like deepened this layer of leaning into pleasure that really helped me manage my anxiety is doing embodiment practices. And I've shared about embodiment practices in previous episodes, I think. And the basic first embodiment practices I was doing is just playing a song and just moving intuitively, but making sure that when I was moving intuitively, I was moving my hips a lot. I was breathing deep. And as I was exhaling, I would let out sound, let out sighs, let out any type of sound that wants to be let out. (sighs) And like just really like enjoying that. And that kind of a breath of just like letting out a big sigh became something that I like do randomly throughout my day. And it's really helpful for me because I tend to hold a lot of my tension, stress, anxiety in my neck and upper back. And something about sighing and having that vibration come through in the throat space like really helps relax those muscles and just feels very releasing to me. Um, so that's that's another way. And what was the next thing from there? The next thing from there was, um, I don't have any notes, so I'm just kind of like filing through my mind. <laughs> I think the next thing from there was just being introduced to pleasure practices in a way where First of all, like I had never before this time, like this was, I think I was introduced to this in 2021. Before 2021, I had never heard anyone refer to masturbation as a pleasure practice. And um, when it was presented to me as a pleasure practice, like just something about using those words made it feel more sacred, more intentional, and more like, okay, we are going to set our space. We are going to take our time to tickle all five of our senses. And uh, that's a really big piece of pleasure is really indulging in all your senses. So with a pleasure practice, it would be first off, very slowed down where I'm breathing deeply into my body, one hand on my heart, one hand on my belly, and just taking a few moments to breathe and to ground before doing anything. And then from there, moving into all sensations. So maybe like taking my fingers and rubbing them across my arms and my hair and my neck. And then from there, moving on to something like uh, sound where I 
say things out loud to myself or maybe even take some time to tune into the music that I'm playing while I continue to very, very lightly brush my fingertips across my whole body. And then um, if my eyes aren't opened already, I will use the sense of sight by just like, you know, looking at every part of my body and like beaming love to the parts of my body. So as I'm talking, I'm just like looking at my toes that are propped up on my chair. I mean, on my desk because I'm not recording video right now. So this is like my favorite way to record solo episodes is just not having the video on and just have my feet up on my desk and be super relaxed. And um, yeah, so I would just like look at my toes and beam love to the toes then move all the way up the body, looking at the ankles and moving all the way up. And then from there using um, something like smell and I have this like oil that I like to use and just taking time to smell the oil. At this time in 2021, I was still using um, candles and incense. I, for my own personal reasons, don't use candles or incense anymore because I came across someone who's a toxicologist who kind of ruined it for me, <laughs> which I'm like grateful for, but I'm also like, ah. Oh. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've kind of swapped out my previous candle and incense kind of like that was like my little gift I would buy for myself sometimes and now I do uh, flowers instead because flowers have scent but it's not a toxic incense thing that you're burning into your nose um, so yeah really indulging in scent and again checking in the whole time that I'm moving slow that I'm breathing, that I'm present, that I'm in my body rather than in my head fantasizing. And then from there, moving on to the scent of taste. So my two favorite things to use in this type of practice is uh, dark chocolate and I'll let it melt in my mouth. And my other favorite thing to use is blueberries because they're just like little bursts of flavor and yeah, eating a blueberry just like very, very, very slow. And yeah, something like that, like you don't even have to take your clothes off to have a practice like that. And it can help you so much with your anxiety. Just anything that you can do that can help you really tune in to your body. Because the thing about anxiety is like we're usually tightening parts of our body or we're trapped in our head and there are all these thoughts kind of like running the show but when we can slow down and relax and besides like relaxing parts of our body like just bringing awareness to maybe like again to use the example of being tight in the neck like just bringing awareness that your neck is tight and being like that's okay like welcome you're allowed to be here. And honestly, doing something like that was a huge pivotal moment for me. And what I mean by that is like just um, accepting my anxiety rather than, which I touched on in the beginning, is like rather than looking at it as, some, as something to fix or something to heal, just making space to accept it. 
and a really good way to make space to accept your anxiety is when you feel anxious to just take a moment to stop and tune into where in your body are you feeling this anxiety? Where is it showing up? And when you find the place in your body where you can feel the anxiety, uh, describing it as much as possible, getting more and more clarity on it. So what's the texture of it? What's the color of it? What shape is it? And this is work that I do with my clients in my one-on-one coaching. And from there, like just sometimes just having that space to stop and to be with it is life-changing and is more than enough. And um, the way you can kind of like up-level that is move into a space of like, I accept you. You're welcome to be here. Okay, moving on to the, we're going to deepen this. So now we're going to get into more of the sexuality side of pleasure. Well, before I say that, like another, another way that pleasure has really helped me with my anxiety is, um, and I'm thinking about this because like the blueberries are mentioned are like still (laughs) in my mind is uh, taking space for when I eat to not have my phone with me and to really just like be with my food. Like I'm not watching a show. I'm not listening to music. I'm just like looking at the different colors of my food and the textures of my food. Maybe I'm having a conversation with whoever I'm with and then I eat even slower because I'm doing more talking than eating usually. And really taking that space to like in my opinion when we can do that to pause and be with our food I feel like it sends a message to our bodies that your needs matter because what's on your plate ends up becoming you like the the lentil soup you eat ends up becoming an eyeball cell or like an eyelash or becomes um like ends up being the cells that make up the bones on your left pinky toe. And um, I think taking the time to really be with the food rather than scarfing it down shows a deep sense of love to your body, shows your body maybe at a subconscious level that your needs matter. And um, I also do believe that like whatever emotional state we are in, while we are eating, that there's the potential that those emotions, and I'm, I know I'm getting woo-woo here, but I think there's the potential that those emotions can also be digested along with our food. Um, maybe they get infused in our food, and I think that affects, I think it totally does affect um, our digestion and the way we feel. Uh, Because besides the whole like kind of woo-woo-ness of like your energy is going into your food, just think about like how how much less thoroughly you chew your food when you're not paying attention. You know, you're not going to you're not going to chew everything super thoroughly if you're in a rush. You're just going to, you know, swallow it down as fast as you can. So, yeah, that's my two cents on like how you feel while you're eating. 
I think there's more before we get into the like sexual side and I'll just, you know, get into the sexual stuff. And if there's more, we'll talk about it after that. So another practice that I started in the end of 2021, but then I really like um, devoted myself to it in the beginning of 2022 and it really, really, really helped ground me like the deepest sense of grounding I have ever ever felt to the point where when I realized that the practice got me to that level, I was just like, wow, I had no idea this was possible for me. And I know that this is a tool and a practice that can be a little controversial besides the fact that it's a sexual practice, but I've also seen some like articles where people don't have good opinions on it, but it's worked for me. It's worked for many other women that I've connected with and it's having a yoni egg practice. And if you've never heard of a yoni egg before, because I honestly didn't know what they were until a few years ago, it's an egg shaped. Usually it'll be like an egg shaped stone made out of jade, but I personally will never put crystals in my body because crystals have micro cracks and crystals break. And, um, yeah, those are my thoughts on putting crystals in your body. I also, I have more thoughts on that. I'm just holding myself back. That might be a future episode or post, but, uh, I use a egg shaped, uh, borosilicate glass and you can get it with a drill hole through it and you can put like um, an unscented unwaxed floss through that hole so that you can be able to pull the yoni egg out or you can get it without a hole and um, what i found is over time when you are devoted to this practice like there comes a time where you don't need the floss because you just have so much more awareness of all of your muscles and you're able to um, successfully get the egg out without having any anxiety of it you know staying in your body forever Um, so yeah the other thing I did was a yoni egg practice and Basically, like the basics of a yoni egg practice is you are taking time to, again, slow down with your body and connect with your pussy and slow everything down. And then you can take your egg and you can set any intentions into the egg. You can um, infuse your egg with certain energies of self-love if that's what resonates for you and you would just insert it in your body very slowly and then you can do various different things like honestly if this is something you want to learn more about this podcast is not here to teach you how to do that but I just want to give a little idea so you know what I was doing Like there are different things where you like squeeze certain muscles or you go into like a bridge pose and you squeeze for a couple seconds and then you lower your hips down and open your knees to butterfly pose and just like relax. And there are, you know, different movements that you do. And what happened for me over time was at first, like I didn't feel anything. And over time, there was more sensitivity. And over time, there was more capacity for that type of work because it honestly was 
triggering for me to be in a space where I was, you know, showing up to touch myself on the regular because that was something that I as a child received the message that, you know, that's a bad thing to do. It's a dirty thing to do. And um, yeah, this this practice really helped transform my opinions and my views and my perspective on what sexuality is in the first place and on what it means to be a person that owns a vulva and a womb and ovaries and what it means to be a person who is in an estrogen-based body and it's just I have chills all over my body right now as I share this but eventually over time I would say I'm just honestly guessing that maybe it took six months to the point where I would just notice my womb space throughout the day. So like when I was interviewing podcast guests, like I would just like notice like oh, I could feel my womb right now as I talk or there were even some episodes like um, which, whoa, that is so funny. The top episode that has like the most um listens from like according to my back-end analytics is an episode where I had a yoni egg in my body the whole time and having it in my body like was that extra awareness of like hey here's your womb here is your vaginal canal like here is your your center like be aware of this as you talk and I feel like it helped me come from this super grounded space in that episode. And um, there were other episodes where I, where I did that, but I don't remember exactly which one. I do remember it was this, this one with the guest is Haley Winter and the episode is about um, finding your intuition. And yeah, I just think it's funny that an episode where I was wearing a yoni egg in my body is one of the highest... Um, listened to so far as of the time of this recording on it is August 21st 2023 for those of you that are in the future so um yeah from there from doing the yoni egg practices it opened me up to doing more pleasure practices with things that are bigger than a yoni egg and just like continuing to prioritize um, time with myself where I could centrally connect with my body, where I could be my own lover. Um, I got into breast massage and then eventually launched my breast massage course, Heart Magic, which I'll link in the show notes in case you like a uh, breast massage practice really is a good way to slow down, to drop into sensation and to be able to manage your anxiety. So I'll include that in the show notes for you if that's something you are called to. Another way I brought in more pleasure is by kind of like breaking these rules that I had put on myself as someone that works from home. Um, and by that I mean like, I guess just like giving myself the space to wear what felt 
very pleasurable and what felt sexy to me while I do things like work on my podcast or answer emails and you know if I'm at home and I have the house to myself and you know my windows are closed I could just wear an, a robe and have the robe open while I'm at my computer like I don't need to be wearing pants or anything constricting at home um, I also really love to wear like my most luxurious pajamas and put a full face of makeup and earrings on like that's like my favorite look these days is just like I call it pajama chic where my body gets to be in super comfy clothes and yet I still feel put together because I'm like adorning myself with at least the earrings uh yeah at least the earrings because these last couple of months like I'm like barely wearing makeup and I'm loving it I feel like my skin is really liking it too okay what else with pleasure Ooh, another really big piece that's coming to me with like inviting in more pleasure and how it's helped me manage my anxiety is tuning into my inner child and asking her like what she would like to do just for the pure fun of it. And this is kind of related to the previous solo episode I shared about um, breaking free from hustle culture. One of the tips there was play. And I feel like we play so much as kids and like when we're adults, like we think that like playing is just for kids, but, and like also we think that when you're doing something like painting, for example, like we think we need to like monetize everything or that it all needs to be, that's at least what I fall into is that like whenever I do something creative, I'm always like, oh, like, can I sell this on Etsy or can this graphic design be like a post for my business? But really tuning into, you know, my inner child is very creative and she likes to create just for the fun of it and doing that more. And also uh, connecting with my inner teenager and doing things that I really loved as a teenager again. And what's cool is one of those activities is a really relaxing activity and it's just like listening to music and, um, I've been getting really into music from the late 1960s and the early 1970s, um, mostly rock music, and I've started a um, cassette tape collection, and I'm so happy and excited about it. I have a few cassette tapes already that work, and yeah, I really love it, and doing something like that where I'm just like laying on the floor listening to Led Zeppelin (laughs) and it's on tape and my phone can be on airplane mode because I don't need internet connection to stream a song like that that was one of the reasons why I wanted to get into analog music is just going being able to get back into a space where like I remember I think this was like a year ago I really really needed a break from screens one day I was like oh my god I've been answering emails all day I've been you know go 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 all day let me put my phone on airplane mode and maybe just like five minutes later I wanted to play some meditation music while I was meditating and turns out I couldn't do it because my phone was on airplane mode so I had to take my phone off of airplane mode and I was like uh 
this feels icky that like I have to be connected to the internet to listen to music. So yeah, I'm slowly now building up a cassette tape collection and it's really fun. So a little random life update. Um, so yeah, doing things that your inner child loves, that your inner teenager loved, doing things that you love just for the fun of it. And really, like, as you do it, really being present with it. It all really, like, I feel like pleasure really comes down to being present and tuning into your body's sensations. All of the sensations. What are you hearing? What are you tasting? What are you smelling? What textures are you feeling? How are you feeling internally? All of those things. And really basking in all of it. You know, even the emotions that society likes to label as bad. And you can even like, so with anxiety and how like all emotions are sacred and they're all valid and they're all welcome. I think I said this in the beginning, but when you have anxiety, it's your body telling you like, hey, this isn't working. So something that could be helpful to step into is noticing those sensations, noticing those feelings and saying thank you to them because all they're doing is trying to get you to equilibrium. They're, they're most times something like the things that show up in our bodies as contractions or even like, you know, thought patterns that show up and things that are constantly showing up as these patterns in our life. They're there for a reason. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there. And most oftentimes, they are there because in the past, they served you. They kept you safe in some way. And they were just trying to get you what you wanted at the time. And maybe now uh, that tactic or way of being is actually not helping you get what you want so maybe it's time to direct that energy somewhere else and again you know really prefacing that there's nothing here to be fixed or healed like it really a lot comes from noticing the anxiety and allowing it space to be like and and I know that can like be (laughs) probably annoying advice sometimes especially when you're having if you're having a really really hard time please see a mental health professional please go get help because that is valid too and that is sacred too like sometimes we need those interventions sometimes some of us need medications like there's so many resources out here these days for managing our anxiety that people in, for example, the generation of music I've been listening to lately, the late 1960s, they did not have this many resources available to this many people. Because, yes, I know there were there are some, you know, things that we practice for anxiety that are ancient practices, but because of the state of the world now where ideas are spreading faster than ever, more people know about it, more people have access to it. You could look up a meditation on YouTube right now and do one for free. You could look up a sound bath right now on YouTube and do it for free. And we are just so, it's just such an abundant time to live in. And we're just so lucky. 
And I feel like now I'm ranting and getting off topic and I feel complete with everything I've shared and I want to say thank you again for being here. I hope you enjoyed this episode of how pleasure has helped me manage my anxiety and I will see you in the next one. Okay, bye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Openly Spoken. I know that there's an abundance of content online, so I really appreciate you giving me your ears today. If this episode shifted something for you, please share this with a friend and slash or write us a podcast review if you're listening to this on iTunes so that more people can find this. If anything shifted for you from this episode that you want to have a conversation about, I would love to hear from you. Just send me a DM over on Instagram at selfexpressedbabe, and that is in the show notes. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.